Yes, critical theory, critical thought. And today we are joined by friend of the pod, fellow housewives, aficionado, scholar, longtime fan, Kaysen Hall. And we're going to be thinking critically about the explosive episode of this week's Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Welcome, Kaysen. Thank you. It's an honor to be here for this episode. It's... um from Andy Cohen himself, best episode of Housewives ever. I know there was much anticipation around this episode and we're going to have to chat about what that means and if that was mm-hmm. delivered. Um, but yes, Kaysen and I were talking this weekend and and we were both getting so excited about the next episode and we were both getting so excited about what's going to happen that I was like, you got to come on. Because, yeah. you know, we have a lot of guests on here and a lot of them, we've had some amazing guests, but I have to say having just an, another pure fan to kind of break down what's going on is is crucial among this discourse I would say yeah I I'll do what I can I mean this this episode like I was showing you guys I have a few pages of notes and (laughs) some thoughts it's a lot a lot to get through on this one I know yeah so Phoebe do you want to like set the scene a little bit for us with this week's episode yeah, I, I'd love to set the scene because <laughs> I feel like setting the scene was a huge part of what this episode was yes. about. So um, I'll start with the very big lens. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is the latest iteration of the Housewives franchise. It only started last year in 2020. Um, and it follows a group of women in Salt Lake City. And it was interesting because they're actually not as wealthy as uh, the other Housewife franchises. And it kind of seemed like they were struggling to find their, their groove. Like the first season, even someone like Doreen St. Felix was like to kind of just, actually, I, I don't know if she said this or not, but it was like, it was very theatrical. Mm-hmm. But then before the season aired, we learned that Jennifer Shaw, one of the original housewives of Salt Lake City had been arrested for fraud. She was one of those evil telemarketers who calls the grandma and is like, I am your granddaughter. You need to wire me $30,000 to like get out of prison. And the grandparents, cause they're so hard of hearing are like, oh my God, anything for you, the love of my life and they wire them $30,000 and then it's just gone. And right. no one was in jail. So that's kind of what we went into the season waiting for. They were wetting our palettes with trailer after trailer. Andy Cohen tweeting, this is gonna be the best episode in all the franchise ever. And that's the episode that we got this past Sunday. We got 
incredible ultimate housewives the pinnacle housewives episode and I must say it was like it It was was pretty housewives it was delicious (laughs) it really was just like totally delicious yeah. I mean, your eyes could not look away from the screen the entire episode. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys. I was like locked in, <laughs> like everything didn't, everything else in the world didn't matter. It was, cause I think, I think something too, I've been thinking a lot with the Erica Jane of it all too, is that like, we're watching a uh, like true crime show right now, yes. you know, but it's like, it's something which I don't know. We all love. That's like the number one, you know, podcast show, whatever, what we all want to consume. And now it's like the merging of those two worlds, the Real Housewives and the Wish Fulfillment and the, you know, Louis Vuitton plus the true crime. And it's like, I couldn't ask for anything more. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I just, I have a question that's, um, Again, another personal flaw of mine. Could one of you explain true crime? Because I've never liked true crime, even in the newspaper. I, I flip by those parts. I can't do it. What is true crime as a genre on the podcast, on the television, on the whatever? I mean, I feel like it really started with serial, right? I mean, in my world, at least. like, like that What was, is serial? It's like, it's basically just an episode episodic podcast explaining this crime that happened in Baltimore in like the late 90s Mm. and yeah it's basically just I feel like this happens like you said like on the news or in the newspaper all the time like little blurbs about obviously crimes that are happening or you know whatever's going on um, legally or whatever but it was kind of like a more expanded version and then each episode looks at different like aspects of this one crime or you know criminal situation and then kind of expands upon it which I find I mean like as someone who like grew up watching like Law and Order SVU or something like that like I feel like it like scratches that itch for me kind of yeah yeah, I don't know Gemma you might have a different experience no no I think that's that's like spot on I mean I think that the true crime thing is like I think the way that it's been like positioned especially now is like it's it is kind of the new like reality drama that people are like mm-hmm. obsessed with. Cause so a main plot point of serial was that it was really hard to prove that the guy that they, you know, sentenced for the crime that it was actually him. And it was like vaguely racially profiled driven. And um, what I think is part of the mark or the stamp of true crime is that like an investigation happened many years ago and it like was wrong. And now we're going to like do a deep dive, like a, like a day to day, like really intensive research. And we're going to communicate that research as we go along. And we're going to do like live interviews and we're going to go visit people. And it's basically like, it's basically opening up old investigations in a way. But it's like, unofficial. It's-, it's for like entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. It's always produced by like a KCRW type or, you know, some sort of like radio, public radio, something like that typically, I think. I think also, like you were saying, like, I think that the the deep dive and the bingeableness of it is it makes you feel like you're trying to solve a murder or solve a crime or like, yeah, puts you kind of like in the 
um, spot that has an agency, which makes me think about Whitney, like this week on Salt Lake City, like she was totally yes acting like yeah as lisa said like the nancy drew trying to piece all of this together which we were doing in like real time when everything was kind of coming out and we were reading the you know articles or whatever about the jen shaw situation yeah it kind of like puts you in the driver's seat i guess Mm -hmm. yeah whitney was very much like the audience member who was like as it was happening like blurting shit out yeah Um, I was thinking, I was wondering, like, in that instance, in like, kind of in the typical question of like, what Sex and the City character are you? Like, who are you in the van? (laughs) Like, I was trying to imagine, like, how I would be acting in the van. Like, am I a Jenny who's just like chilling out, eating snacks? Am I Heather, like, crying under my hood? (laughs) You know? (laughs) I am, I gotta admit, I'm fully the Whitney. (laughs) Yeah, like putting, like, I see that for you. <laughs> yeah. Like being so messy, yeah. like it's happening currently, like somebody's life is being ruined. And I'm like, what if it was yeah. the company? <laughs> yeah. I honestly feel like I'm Jenny because I feel like I have so many personal vendettas against people. Actually, no, so I'm, I'm the Meredith. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> in the bathtub. I called it in and I'm like zonked out in the bathtub. Yeah. Just feel like, how interesting that this <laughs> happened. I saw it coming all along. <laughs> that was yeah. so wild, that FaceTime. Just a little bit of like episode recap. So like, yeah. so basically the arrest. <laughs> so last week's episode, the cliffhanger that was going to lead to the episode about Jen's arrest. And so in that episode, the scene that was like kind of heard around the world from the trailer, um, they're going to Meredith's rental house in Vail. And they're all riding in a bus, but Meredith and Mary are meeting them in Vail. So they all meet and in the beauty lab and laser parking lot. Okay. This is the scene of product crime. placement. Yeah. Beauty lab and labor is a parking lot. How many times did she say that? And, yeah. um, and it's actually one of the most amazingly constructed reality TV scenes I've ever seen. The camera is inside the bus and we're watching the women and they're just chatting away. They're just like, you know, being, haven't, they just think they're going to Vail. They think it's going to be a normal fucking girl's trip. And then we know what's going to happen because we've seen the trailer, but still the way that the camera angle from as a viewer, the cameraman, you can see a vested figure, like a law enforcement officer. You can see them kind of enter the frame and then you see another one. And then you see a couple more start walking towards the bus from the bus's window. The women can't see this yet. And then somebody, I think Heather realizes somebody's like, oh my God, wait, there's police outside. What's going on? And then it basically descends into this chaos of like, we have police, we have helicopters, we have (laughs) dogs, we have the producer going up and being like, what's happening? What's going on? What are you looking for? And they're like, Jen Sean, they're like, they're like, she, they're like, she just left. She's like, what is she driving? A truck. And then, and then it just devolves into this like really chaotic scene Heather goes outside. Heather's like, what's going on? <laughs> Heather's like, you're from Homeland Security. I'm like, Heather, get in the bus. No, no. She's like, she's like, what does HSI stand yeah. for? <laughs> They're like Homeland Security investigation, ma'am. <laughs> she's like eating her Charleston shoes or whatever. Not, <laughs> no idea what's going on. Lisa and um, Heather start crying right away. Heather is like, Heather's like, should I call Jen? And it's like, Heather, why would you call your friend that's a fugitive on the run? I think Heather just 
purely like truly hadn't put it together she really I think she was still in the thought that like oh these are stripper cops like I think she <laughs> truly did not understand what was going oh, on oh yes the idea that like for I think for at least 20 minutes they all thought it was a prank yeah <laughs> they're like Jen what's Jen doing that's crazy prank <laughs> yes um they still go to Vale. Jenny's like, guys, we have to live our lives. She would want this for us. <laughs> Jenny's like, she would want us to go to Vale. And we descend upon Vale. Meredith is just barred out in the bathtub. And really? she stays in that bathtub for a long time. And she's doing it on purpose, like to have a moment. Because Mary right. arrives and she's in the bathtub. Mary can't find her. And then she's like, yeah, you know, I'm not surprised. Never really was surprised. And so this whole other drama is going to be who tipped them off. And, um, you know, the question is like Meredith, but a lot of people are saying Lisa. I don't Some, know. I, Becca, our other friend of the pod was saying it was Shaw. It was coach Shaw. Yeah. On the phone. He tipped her off. Yeah. 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 He tipped them off. No, no, yeah. no. Not, not Jen who tipped the FBI off. Oh, interesting. But don't, it was him. You think that called, right? Yeah. Hit. No, you don't think I think it was because she answered. She was like, hey, baby. And then right when she was in the bus, I think it was Coach Shaw calling. And that's I think it may have been saying, Stewart. I think it was Stewart. Uh, like ugh, she calls him baby. baby? Ew. Ew. Did you did you hear this? That Stuart, I think I, we mentioned this, but it needs to be mentioned again. That Stuart's family didn't know he was filming a reality TV show or working for Jen Shaw for the entire first season of the show. Until it airs. I mean, they also don't know he's gay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, the the secret lives of everybody on this show. I mean, not to skip way ahead to the Uber story at the end of the episode. I know we'll get there, but I mean, yeah. everybody is living a completely secret life. It's crazy. Yeah. Like and I feel like yeah, Salt Lake City, anyway. that's even more present than other housewife franchises. And Phoebe and I have touched on this because like, cause it's this new, cause it's like a newer, a newer series. Mm-hmm. They have all these tools to know how to be a housewife and they have all these templates. And so like the kind of grandiosity and obviousness of like their rental homes was like so much mm-hmm. more obvious than it is in like right. early seasons of Atlanta or something, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's really much more. Potomac has it a little bit, but Salt Lake City has it the most because it started in like 2020. So I feel like they are performing even further. They're like, they're, they're, their performance is like one notch up. Well, I think it's the, the syndrome of like the medium sized American city that like we're seeing for the first time with Salt Lake. But I don't know if you guys have heard. I heard a rumor that they're filming Housewives of Nashville. Have you guys heard that? Oh, no. No, but they're yeah. doing Dubai. Oh yeah, they're doing Dubai, which that's going to be like a whole other, (laughs) I feel like, I don't, I don't know what that's even going to be like, but yeah, I think it's this like weird kind of new thing of these, yeah, smaller or medium-sized cities trying to make their mark. But yeah, I mean, I don't know, like I've been to Salt Lake City. I'm like, these people don't exist. Like it is truly a performance that they're putting on for the show. Cause yeah, they're a student of New York and Beverly Hills, you know? Right. So yeah, Andy Cohen said that this episode was going to be like, he said, this is one of the best episodes of Housewives I've ever seen. And, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I was, I was, I didn't really know what that meant, but what I did feel like I got from this episode was a kind of quintessential housewives energy, like kind of like chaotic, bonkers, delusional, like 
everyone's on a different page. <laughs> kind it was of very weird. scary island reminiscent. Yeah. I think that kind of, yeah, similar energies. Which we had a whole episode devoted to Scary Island. Oh, really? I need to listen to that one. Yeah, oh with God. Alex Weinstein. Yeah, no, but that's the thing. It's like, there's just like these incredible moments, these like yeah. episodic moments that just like happen when you're following around people who you already know are crazy. And I think that like, I mean, such an incredible part of the Scary Island in New York was how funny and absurd it was. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there are these moments when it's not just like reality television. It like literally becomes like absurdist art. It's almost like a weird like minimalism where all you're getting is like the the one dimensionality of who these women think they should be performing. Mm-hmm. But it goes like so, that's like so divorced from what you actually know they are and what they're actually thinking in that moment. You know, and there it's like it's like hilarious on like so many different levels is even with the like the branding of it all. Like Heather keeps being like, I can't believe the police just showed up to like beauty salon and lab. <laughs> and Lisa's like, I'm so lab and laser. I need beauty a salon. shot of Vita tequila. <laughs> like, and with the bag time- sitting her. Her. I know she's like I need a shot of Vita tequila I'm so upset does anyone else need Vita tequila because you're oh upset Anita like it's the perfect tequila for when you're <laughs> when your friend is being arrested by the FBI and get even, your Meredith, even Meredith at the end she's like my store then says the name of it she's like at my store where we sell these beautiful yeah. things and then she like goes into the story of like Jen's like ex friend worker stealing something but then both mary and lisa are like oh my god i love that bag so high end yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that was really it's funny. like all product placement and then whitney is like i know all these things because of iris and bow yes like, you're so right bag. it was packed right. with well that's that's also what feels so quintessential to <laughs> so me about true. them as housewives like they so quickly had brands because like usually it takes like three seasons for them to start doing that stuff. They all like either had little like vanity project brands or they like started them like right away when the show started. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Phoebe, what you're saying is is interesting. You know, this kind of like vibe of like one dimensional performance or something. To me, it's like Scary Island and this episode, I think are similar because they're both instances and when like something just like real like real that like is happening outside of the construction of the show enters and the show has no choice but to follow it and like Mm -hmm. they don't you know it's like it's like it's not it's not some like contrived plot line like I mean in this episode it's very clear because it's like literally police entering who are like not a part of the show and like the idea of like police presence is already so like kind of jarring like in any situation and then you have the aspect of scary island is like kelly just like has a breakdown and she's not acting for the camera and like so i feel like this episode is like it's kind of like the next step of that it's even more obvious it's like even more you know clear well i think it really that was really illuminated too like when they were in the bus whatever they were reading the articles coming out they were kind of going over everything and then kind of abruptly switch to talking about the drama about the FaceTime call and the carpool with Whitney and Mary and it just yeah. felt so abrupt and so silly <laughs> like yeah just so crazy that like we're going from talking about your friend defrauding old people for the last decade to talking about 
you missing a FaceTime call? Like it really put, put that into perspective, I mm-hmm. thought. And I was like, I, I just don't need this right now. <laughs> like get to the goods, you know? Right. No, the f- I mean that, I think you're right. Like what was most striking about this episode was like their emotional flip-flopping. And mm-hmm. I don't even think that it was like, edited in a way like I don't think that the editors made it seem so like schizophrenic almost but you know they'd be like sobbing wailing crying Mm -hmm. in a vomit and then the next minute be like almost like maniacally laughing or like talking about like like I Heather was like oh but I want the lollipop ha 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 it seems like we're like eating the remains of Jen's dead body like lol and then they got to the house and like it's a joke but then it's serious like they don't quite like the absurdity was them trying to figure out how to act who they were in this moment and in a way like this is gonna sound so ridiculous but like this episode really reminded me of that like Lars von Trier movie Melancholia you guys know that movie (laughs) Oh, I haven't yeah. seen it, but yeah. Well, it's 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 like pretty good. It's with uh Kristen Dunst, and I I won't get into what melancholia is, but I feel like the like the moral question at the center of it, at least for me, is like who are you in the apocalypse? Mm-hmm. Like when you are faced with like like something totally out of your emotional realm or control, like who do you become? And I mm-hmm. think that this episode posed a similar moral question of like, what do you do when something real happens on reality television? Like, who are you in that situation? And even like the three of us were joking earlier about like, who are we? Like, who are we? And I, you know, it's a question that kind of cheesily that I think that we all were kind of confronted of with COVID, right? It's like, who are you in a worldwide pandemic? Like, what do you do? Were you the person who like, refused to like touch anyone were you the person who was like fuck it like were you crying every day were you not were you chill were you not yeah no I think that's a really good point I think that like and I feel like this episode did boil them all down to these very like essential beings like I feel like we got to know them really well and like that's something that actually Andy so this is a this is a little bit of tangent but it fits in like Andy Cohen has made comments before that he um like really encourages the producers and the editors to keep in the scenes where the housewives order from a menu I love that yeah he says like you have like he loved he likes to keep that in because he says you can really tell about who they are and it's something that like it's part of the realness that he thinks makes them like more relatable and human and I feel like in this episode we accidentally like it wasn't supposed to happen that way but that's why it was so good is we got to see like at the core who these people are and that's even make me think again about scary island it's like who are you when like there's like actually a crisis going on like because that episode is about crisis and it's about like group in crisis and like Bethany's the one who like makes the crisis worse because she like can't handle it Sonia's like very calm and can deal with it right it's like who are you in this crisis? And, and again, this was a crisis episode. It was like, who are you in a, in a crisis? And, you know, I mean, we've all been through like, you know, moments of crisis in our lives and, and like you do. And if you're with friends, you do see who, like what, how people react to things in a really specific way. And like, they're like flip-flopping felt kind of true to life in a way. I don't want to get us too far into something, but there was a degree of like loss. Like Heather was like kind of grieving right away. 
it was this oh, kind of like, it was like this person we thought we knew is a not. And also this really bad thing is happening to her and it's going to affect her family. And like, so it was, it was very like traumatic crisis kind of feeling. Yeah. Well, I thought that was really interesting to obviously when they read the article and Whitney first read the article and then Heather and Lisa started crying and their initial thing that they said was, I, I feel so bad for her family. I can't imagine what her family's going through. And then I feel like, I don't know if it was right before that or right after, but when we saw like the ring camera footage of the FBI at her house, bringing out her son and her nephew, which I, I was personally like, I felt like I was going to like tear up in that too. Like that is so traumatizing for her. Yeah. Like young, what is he like 14 or 15 year old son? Like being brought out by this guy with a huge, I don't even know what kind of gun, you know, and also very interesting in the last few episodes, we've seen that like her son, like clearly hates her. (laughs) She's talking about trying to do carpool and trying to go to school more. And he like has zero response. He looks frightened. That was totally, he looks completely frightened by the prospect of being around her. Anyway, keep going. No, I mean that, I, yeah, I, I was really struck in the last few episodes and they showed that a few times her playing basketball with him, them out like outside on the patio and but yeah and then to have that in the last few episodes and then see that footage that ring camera footage of yeah yeah, her family being brought out of her house for her horrible crimes and her sons are and her sons are you know they're brown they're like half black you know and like that aspect of like police showing up to your door and like we know that her nephew has like had problems with the police like we right. like you know like that was I think I, I think that was like the moment where like the realist for me that felt the realist like I kept writing down like the police you know like when you see a video of a policeman like we no. have kind of a construction of that culturally like, like, like a lo-fi lo-fi yeah. footage like that too which that feels like you're it. watching something really bad is about to happen like we've all exactly. seen those like police that, cam that videos cam. yeah well, it's like this incredible, like compounded trauma, right? Because it's like, it's the trauma of losing your mother. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's the it's the trauma of never feeling safe in your own home, and it's Salt Lake City. Like the majority of the, poli- I mean, in the, all of the United States, but like the majority of the police are white. The SWAT team comes to your house in helmets and like AR-15s. You know, and obviously it's like this, but it was also this kind of, I think Gemma, like, I'm, I feel like you would agree with this too. It becomes this like metaphorical image, right? Or it's an image that we've been bombarded with over the past few years. And if you are, you know, really paying attention for the last deck, you know, centuries of just like innocent black kids, yeah. you know, just being like completely let out of their homes, like evacuated with, with these with these police. And you don't see what happens to the kids. They're just let out. It's really cold. It's the snow. And I think that there there is like, there's so many levels of trauma there. And there's yeah. so many levels of grief and violence yeah. that are going on. I mean, because I think that the show also like in the same way that the woman are like flip-flopping between like grief and laughing. Like I almost had like the same response where I was kind of like laughing at them the whole time, like so entertained. But then you see a shot of her like 14 year old son 
being who's like already like who we know is already traumatized because Jen is like a like a psychotic woman. Yeah. Truly. Like you see that and it's like, and it's not even the producer at Bravo's footage. It's like their house footage. Like that's like yeah. their, their door, like a security camera. And it takes on a whole different whole context different message. And probably like a, like a, but it's very American too. Like yeah. a very racial American context, which is very different from the joke of what reality television is. Right. Well, I mean, because he probably didn't like the kid and the nephew probably didn't know why they were there, who they were there for. No, so many. I mean, you just yeah, you see these officers with huge guns storming into your house. I I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also I think like you were saying, I think there was a level to that I felt watching that footage specifically that I made me feel really guilty for watching this for like fun or as you know entertainment that yeah I don't know it yeah I think there was a level of um yeah feeling like Bravo has like led me into this like dark hole that I I didn't want to get out of my like Sunday night of watching this you know but I'm doing it and fascinated by it I don't know I think maybe that's what makes it like this kind of quintessential episode is like that's those are the episodes that hit you about housewives it's like when it's like crazy and funny and Mm -hmm. also like something really deep is being revealed about like the way that these people live their lives and like about the way that we consume entertainment is how quickly the side by side of like real life and pain comes into contact with this like frivolity of the reality TV experience. Yeah. What did you guys think about um, Mary's reaction? Just because I feel like we have some, at least like, I felt like this episode was incredible in itself, but also felt like it was teeing up for greater revelations about Mary and yeah. <laughs> what's going on there. No pun intended. And, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think, I think, I think we're just in for things getting way darker, like, like crazy way. I don't know. Well, Mary, and this was pointed out in many a meme on Twitter. uh, When you see them all, like it it says like Mary on the phone with Robert Sr., her husband. And then you, it's a close up of her phone and he's in her phone as dad. That to me was like (laughs) incredible. And I was like riffing with, uh, like with a friend we were texting about it and I was like there's something going on with Mary there where of like of course it's perverted like sexually perverted that Robert Sr. who's like her step-grandfather is in her phone is like daddy but on another level like you can almost think of it as like she's taking on the corporeal form or embodiment of her son right Mm -hmm. because for her son Robert Jr. Robert Sr. is dad and I think that that creates a very interesting, like gender queer Jesus uh, <laughs> type of reading of the whole Mary situation, and like you know the mother and the son, Mary and Jesus, right? right? right. Junior. Uh, that that was like to me, you know, I say gender queer Jesus because in all those like medieval paintings of Jesus, he has like the uh, the yonic side wound that's like always like bleeding, and people are catching the blood. So um, I, I don't know, to me that it was like, it was like very like father, son, Holy Spirit conglomeration yeah. all happening within that embodiment. But um, I do love Mary because her fucking eyes, 
when oh, she, she is like subconscious saying that I, her eyes just like bulge. Like and Ramona. Like, yeah, <laughs> anyway. <very> Ramona. <laughs> I know. I agree. That's a great, I love that baby. I also, I agree case that like, it was kind of teeing up for like your next bitch, but it kind of felt like that for everybody. Like it felt like yeah. that had a degree for everybody. Um, except Heather, gotta say, Beauty Lab and Laser, that's above board business right there. That yeah. there's no problems going on there. She's just so stupid. Phoebe, everyone loves Heather. <laughs> I, I that, just because someone's dumb doesn't mean I don't like them. My dog is really dumb, but I it's my favorite thing in the entire world. Um no, but like it really felt like it was like, okay, who's next here? Because it felt like Lisa was implicated somehow. Right. Lisa implicating Whitney, so fucking shady. Like Lisa being well, like, how does Whitney know so much about washing money? <laughs> I'm like, she watched that show um, Good Girls on Netflix, just like me. And it was terrible. But I did learn about how to yeah. wash money. <laughs> no, but also Heather. Heather is like, the only way I know about any of this stuff is through watching like Ozark Palace or like whatever that show is called. Yeah. <laughs> Heather is the audience member. Heather is a regular old gal. Yeah experiencing this Whitney's also the the woman at home because Whitney reads one paragraph of one artic- yeah. article and she's like she's going to jail she's going to prison yeah. <laughs> 30 years <laughs> like Whitney was like and she didn't hold back at all she was like 30 years she's going to prison for 30 years and Heather's like no and Jenny was like, okay this is one article <laughs> but it was also just like it was like page six yeah <laughs> it was like we know the truth now page six just published the article right. <laughs> oh my god, that was so fun. Well, you also realize why Erica Jane was like, don't fucking say anything. <laughs> also, like, that's this is something in case, and I really want to know about your notes. I want you to just like yes. read your notes. Oh my god. But my the last thing that I'll say about this before you do that, before you grace us with your with your notes, was that I just kept thinking about how like Erica Jane is so much scarier than Jen and you can tell that because of how the women react like what they don't give a fuck about Jen they're not scared of her they're like oh like she obviously did that I've known this for years but Erica Jane everyone is just like butt cheeks clenched you know Erica Jane has real fuck you money or I don't know and power yeah like that's that's the thing about the difference between it's like Tom Girardi, like, if he wants to get you when he had money, he could get you. Like, he could just destroy you, you know? And, like, I think that people knew that reputation of him in Beverly Hills. And I think that Erica has, like, real, she had real ass money that can, like, destroy you. Like, she could sue you for everything you're worth. They can't find, they can't find, quote unquote, the police report for when his car flipped. Right. Like, so much different because yeah. I think that it's like in Beverly Hills the realness it's like their literal lives are on the line like I think that those women probably could be killed yeah. by someone if yeah. they said the wrong thing you know yeah. and they and they know that and that's why sudden like hired private security yeah. right and said like one tiny thing at one dinner and then was like spent the rest of the season being like I didn't mean it I didn't mean it like trying right. to right step back from everything yeah, sorry, keep going. No, no, that was that was it. And Jen just they're like, all right, you'll you'll yell at me. You'll yell well, at me on camera. But like even the tenor of this crime is so much more middle America. It's like a telemarketing scheme. It's like 
a telemarketing scheme, the police show up to her house. Like it's so much more transparent. Like there's, there's no protection for Jen. Well, it's not even a high profile crime. Like what it's like poor old people, not that they're insignificant, but like, it's not, they're no lioner survivors. You know what I mean? (laughs) We, everyone knew about the lioner people. No one knows about the random, like disabled old people who are scammed every year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We would never hear about this if she wasn't a housewife, but we would hear about the Tom Girardi. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Kason, take us through some of your notes, some of your, okay. What you want to share. Okay. Let's see. Let's see what we have here. Um, so, okay. Well, this one note is that when they were going through the bags that Lisa wanted the lifesavers, the, like mints, <laughs> Jenny was pulling it out and Lisa was just like, Ooh, I could go for that. Or whatever. It's like, you want a bag of lifesavers right now? Um, those are the worst. Lifesaver mints are terrible. Oh no. I oh, love Lord. those. Who I wants love- those in a crisis? yeah right or mint milanos is the other thing she pulled out of the bag (laughs) they had so many snacks it was very teenage snacks they had cheetos i was like aren't you weirdest snacks (laughs) yeah a whole thing of charleston chew buffalo chips like what are you what are they doing oh and then when jen was leaving she had a box of wheat thins with her (laughs) like (laughs) you don't need to take your wheat thins to your husband who has internal bleeding <laughs> it's so bizarre oh wait case um, talk about the internal we should talk about the that's what we were talking oh, about on saturday is like okay internal yeah internal bleeding we really lie, on that. We, like we might need to go to the nucleus of the internal bleeding <laughs> yeah let's go it's so i mean i because they never put we obviously saw a lot of that first kind of arrest in all of the trailers but we never saw mention of this internal bleeding so for me at least I think it came up in a like um right before commercial thing like the mention of internal bleeding and my like jaw hit the floor I was like what is she talking about (laughs) like I thought I knew this story and this is a whole new side like a whole new level of like she's just a sociopath like the speed at which she came up with that lie I I can't imagine and it's such a serious thing to say it's not just saying like oh he's in the hospital family emergency whatever it's so specific (laughs) it's so serious it's so yeah I don't I don't know it also makes no sense no one goes (laughs) for a checkup and has discovered internal bleeding (laughs) no sense at all it's has internal bleeding because it's also just like what is that what does that even mean like she says it as as if it's like as if it's like the common cold or something right like, like, internal, bleeding. internal bleeding like you're you're hit with something hard and you're not just like he has internal bleeding like, it's just like he is internally bleeding or something which is like really so crazy okay so yeah so that was the that was the lie that kicked this all off and then it took yeah. it took the women an extra 25 minutes to heather was like wait so he doesn't have internal bleeding also her calling um her husband sharif senior like <laughs> gave me the ick <laughs> and it took everyone a minute too to be like wait your husband sharif <laughs> like, yeah she's like yeah like it's so ugh. So weird. Similar, very reminiscent to dad in your, having your husband as dad in your phone. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Not how normal people operate. 
I, I was just gonna say I think that that's actually what you just said about Lisa is like super indicative of like how the episode like played out in general where all the women were like oh yeah actually I never believed that like actually right. I knew all along and I like what did you guys make of that because I think that especially from Meredith we got a lot of like actually I never actually thought that yeah. Jen was doing x y and z like what do you make of them like try like who are they are they trying to prove something are they trying to prove to the audience that they're smart yeah are they trying to prove that they're innocent like what are they trying to do I think Meredith as I've always said she's got that gold she's got that golden superiority about her that really makes mm-hmm. a housewife hard to read and a favorite because like if you don't give anything to your friends you just like are automatically more interesting to people and then like mm-hmm. the audience is like a little bit like oh she's the cool girl and I think Meredith was just trying to be superior honestly I think mm-hmm. she was just digging I think she hates Jen I think she truly does not give a shit if she goes to prison for 30 years and I think Meredith probably never has trusted her because I think Meredith's actually pretty smart and like actually has like lived in the world and kind of can see people for who they really are and I don't think Heather's somebody that Heather like never left Utah she doesn't have like a read on you know all the different ways people can be bad and I think Meredith like sees the truth in people a little bit better well Heather yeah. went to Hawaii with a little person so she oh my god she knows a little <laughs> How could you the world. <laughs> that story about her wearing the bolero when she was the bridesmaid too told me like what kind I of die. world do you live in <laughs> Heather's lived an incredible life. Yeah, we need. Yeah, we need more. We need uh, more. So Heather, Heather, Heather's ticket to travel was to accompany a little person as like an aide to Hawaii. <laughs> Sounds great. Free trip to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, I thought. Um, I thought Whitney's take was also incredibly interesting. The sugar daddy um idea that she floated. Yeah. <laughs> which I don't know made no sense to me um he's like I didn't think it was this I thought she had a sugar daddy right right. (laughs) like what are you talking and she's like well I had one so (laughs) it's not what we're talking about sweetheart I'm like of course you did girl go yeah (laughs) yeah I mean this is something to be spoken about but like the housewives crying on tv they really don't want you to see their faces because like they look like shit. Heather was killing me. She had her hood. Like, <laughs> like she was just like this. And we were like, it was like, what's going on under there? And then like Lisa had the sunglasses on the whole time. It's like, it's like when Candace and Potomac cries and she folds up the tightest yeah. little corner of tissue paper and just jabs her <laughs> tear duct. I really, I was watching and I was like, I'm so happy for Heather that she chose to wear this hood today. Like it's so fortunate that she has this for to hide her right now. Like I love when they cry and they're the close-ups of them like rolling their eyes up into their head and like Ugh. dabbing with their index fingers like as light as they possibly can. It's so right on their lash line. You know, it's like the most delicate thing. It's so it's, precarious. Like, yeah, well, oh, no, really? it's like how you would like change a baby's diaper f- with like a newborn, you know? They're just like, <laughs> yeah. 
careful <laughs> very careful <laughs> I mean it just really makes me think about the um Erica Jane wearing the not waterproof mascara that was yeah. very highly talked about <laughs> at the reunion yeah but um yeah the like careful choice to like when it is going to be this performance that you curate everything about yourself including your mascara and your eyeliner to be like what is going to give you this reaction which like obviously clearly these women weren't ready for this to be (laughs) how their you know drive to veil was going to be so they weren't ready to you know curate this whole experience of their feelings which yeah it's very very lucky that heather had the hood um the curating the experience Meredith comes in right because Meredith is not on the bus she's not being it's not being revealed to her in real time Meredith knew what was going on even if she didn't plant it her being like oh I haven't checked my phone what's going on and they're like Jen's going to prison and she's like oh I'm not surprised I was like I was like this is amazing and then then she's immediately in the bath (laughs) yeah well no and then the end of the call she's just like well okay like can't wait to see you guys like (laughs) blowing them kisses it's like what are you talking about like they're not like this isn't going to be the trip that you planned like (laughs) she gets in the bath to have a moment right like she gets in the bath like and so she was able to curate her like reaction to it which was like and I wonder like I would love to know like what the timeline of that was like if she didn't know like way far in advance if she had just found out if she was like sitting there being like okay what can I do I'm gonna get the bath (laughs) in heather's room too (laughs) (laughs) i would be pissed do you think she did tip them off i don't think so it seems to it seem yeah because i'm also like they're not close like meredith i don't think they know that much about each other's lives past the show necessarily so I don't know. And when they all were talking, I I didn't, I really didn't understand too. And they all were like, well, we're the only seven people that knew where we were on this bus in the beauty lab parking lot. But it's like every, the government knows where we are and what we're doing at all times, regardless of fraud or not. Like yeah. we're being tracked all, like they can, yeah. Like they oh, said, so you've, they had a camera, you've had a camera crew of 50 people following you right. around for two right. hours. And it's all planned. You knew, you've knew, you've known for months you're going on this trip, you know, it's right. like, yeah what's that what there's like um call call list call sheet. whatever it's called call sheet yeah, yeah exactly like everyone knows that that's where she's gonna be at that time yeah I you don't know maybe production maybe maybe production tipped them off maybe they called production and production had to tell them well that's yeah what I'm I was assuming I'm assuming that there's like my dream is that there's like an in like a CIA person that like snuck their way into becoming like like a uh what's it called like an AD or something yeah. <laughs> there was there was like pl- there was investigators on her makeup team I'm pretty sure that's so crazy I'm pretty sure there was an undercover that. person because like that's the other thing too is like if she has been doing this since 2012 that's millions of dollars she's defrauded yeah. people out of yeah yeah and also okay I want to get on Robert Sr.'s level why were there's why was Homeland Security and the SWAT team there like do SWAT teams always show up for financial crimes or is it like well somebody's that's what was so weird about the guns at in the ring cam footage at her house too like there weren't guns like that at, well, maybe she has guns. To, maybe she like has a lot of guns at her house maybe yeah they have like a <laughs> well no it's like it's like a huge crime like what she did yeah. is, is like minimum 30 years 
So it's a big, I mean? it's just like the it's level. Like, of, yeah, I'm like not admitting cute. it to myself. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and she's been doing it for for like a, about a decade, maybe even more. So I think that people, you know, it's like, of course, like if it's an FBI fraud investigation, like that's kind yeah. of like about like illegal buying and selling of people's information. That's like it's like a really fucking big deal. Like in yeah. many ways, it's a lot bigger than what Tom Girardi did. Not not like in terms of emotional impact. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. obviously, what he did is illegal as as well but um I don't know it hers is like a uh they're just they're different and I think that their differences say a lot about like the cities where they're located mm-hmm. and I think it also says a lot about the different like uh like like relationship with with the law the relationship how they got away with it a- anyway but they're they're just they're just different but, but I'm just saying like if the crime is it's like a huge fucking crime yeah. And she's like a nobody. So it's not like she gets like any like respectability immunity. Right. Right. Do you think, I mean, she's going to be on the, sh- she's going to be on the next episode. Like, what do you think we're going to get from her? She's going to deny it. Psychosis. Just yeah. like, because they're all, I mean, like the beautiful thing about the show, which again, I'm so happy, Kason, that you brought up Scary Island because that, that episode is like, it's about psychosis. I mean, it's about a lot of things, but Kelly Ben Simone literally descends into a psychotic episode. Yeah. And I think that in Salt Lake City from the get-go, they they all struggle with like very specific like mental health issues that they may not even know that they have. Mm-hmm. Like they're all like legit crazy. And I you know what I mean? Like they're they're so out of it. Yeah, they're so out of it. They're just operating in such alternate, like, uh, like, like universes. Like, I know, like, the quote that we've seen in the in all the teasers is that on the next episode, Jenna's like, "Is the crime so serious? Like, do we need to get like Kim Kardashian in here or something?" Like, riffing on another reality television show. Like, oh that's the God. episode that's coming up next. Jen asking Kim to free her is hysterical. <laughs> I know. No, it's like it's that's so- coming for us. <laughs> It's like fiction. I think that's why it's so easy to like laugh at it because the way that they play up their lives, you're like, they're living in a fiction and we're just letting ourselves be drawn into their own fictional understanding of reality. Yeah. I think also the, um, her Jen's tagline for this season, I feel like is similarly indicative of like how, um, yeah, just what a joke she's making about it or I mean I guess she couldn't not address it in her tagline because that's obviously like why we're all watching this season but or even just yeah I don't know I mean I guess they were already filming the show so she can go off of the show or whatever but yeah it just seems uh tone deaf or I don't know but yeah I I mean it is because her her tagline is the only thing I'm guilty of is being shamazing right which is also just like stop trying it's continuing with her trying to like brand herself as this you know this whole Shaw squad Shaw music like that whole thing too is like just take it down a notch like have a little humility I don't know it's well I think that's like this level of like um you know Phoebe you're saying like they're all like really crazy like 
I don't know what it was about Meredith this episode. I was like, this bitch is off her rocker. Like the way she's been dressing this season, her season two glow up has been horrifying to see. Like that outfit she was in was insane. Like the knee high white boots with that little pink blazer dress. I was like, you look like a Barbie 15 year old girl you look like your daughter like what are you doing yeah that was that was shocking with like the white little coat over top and then her being in the bath and like I'm like she's crazy she is like not here I mean she's also yeah I think I think the whole I mean what are you guys' thoughts about Brooks? Because <laughs> like, I think Brooks, the whole Brooks situation has really played a lot into, because I like last season, I was like, okay, cool. We get this like fun, like gay kid to like be like his mom's like partner in crime. Like I'm here for it. I love this, you know? And then, well, I guess he hasn't come out about his sexuality. I shouldn't say that. Yeah, that <laughs> was, that, I was but, like, he didn't. Yeah, right. I mean, that was that was everybody's thought, I guess. Um, but but yeah, I think that that didn't really like that that dynamic that they had thought out in their heads, Meredith and Brooks, like I don't think it really worked out. And I don't think people like latched onto it in the way that they thought. So I think now she is trying to rebrand herself as just herself in her mm-hmm. own kind of way. And it that way for her, I guess, is just being like this fabulous woman that wears blazers and yeah yeah it takes baths I don't know um I'm not people love Meredith I'm not sold on her honestly but I'm actually becoming more Lisa pilled yeah yeah I I feel that too um I like I used to like Meredith and I hate Lisa and now I'm kind of like honestly my notes I have this note that says in caps, Lisa knows. And then Lisa is so scary. And then Lisa is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like she is kind of gold. Lisa, like, and Lisa's, Lisa's crazy, but she's not, she's more with it than Meredith is. Like she knows what the fuck's going on. Well, do you, so know. do you guys think that she was a part or like had money invested yes. or whatever? Yes. I, I think that? she did. Must've, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like, think that that's like, why do I feel like that's true? I feel like I've read things. Is that just like hypothesis or it's hypothesis? I think. Oh, that she had money and fat. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, as per usual, and Gemma and I like argue about this all the time. I don't really give a shit. Like, I just don't. Like, I don't really care. Like, who do care? Bad. No, I don't. <laughs> I just like I don't really care. Like, it's it's good either way. Like, I don't have like skin you don't have personal investments in them. Right. No, I don't. No matter what. Yeah. Right. And like, so it's like, they're all fantastic because they're all blubbering idiots and fools and should all be like killed at the guillotine. (laughs) You know, like I'll, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. But at the same time, I'll like respond to Lisa Barlow. She actually, uh, Instagram messaged us. What? Um, Yeah. We were chatting. We were chatting. Wait, what? I did not know that. The housewives are incredibly easy to access via Instagram. Like I have Instagram, I have tagged Lisa Rinna in a post from our thing and she responded or somebody, oh her team. God. Wait, responded. what did, um, what did Lisa Barlow respond to? Or what did well, she I say? I posted, I posted eating a Del Taco fish taco. 
I saw that. <laughs> Here, uh, you can be you can be uh, Lisa Barlow, and I'll be okay. Phoebe Kaufman. Okay. Here we go. All right. So this is our transcript with Lisa Barlow. Oh my god, I can't believe it. So yeah. I posted the Del Taco. Uh huh. And then she replied with heart eye emoji, and said, and then replied. So because I said, if you know, you know, and she said, we know. <laughs> And then I said, heart, heart, heart. We love you, two exclamation points. And she said, aw, prayer hands, prayer hands, heart, making my night, three exclamation points. I mean, that's her. That's- and then I heart reacted. But I know that if I had said something else, she would have responded to that too. Yes. Oh my God. Well, because it is, I mean, they are real people at the end of the day like I know that's the most lobotomized thing to say but like they are people with Instagrams that you can talk to this this makes me think about um this is different but have you guys watched the uh Potomac reunion the most recent one he doesn't watch Potomac but we got to get her on it but I did yes (laughs) okay well it makes me think about the whole Mia situation with like is it the social media manager is it not and it's kind of like it doesn't matter like it really like that that is Lisa Barlow whether it was Lisa Barlow or not you know like exactly it is like it doesn't matter to me Yeah. yeah No, Phoebe definitely has to watch Potomac. It's so good. Oh my God. It's, Phoebe, it's so... like this season is so good. It's my favorite. I've heard it. It's my favorite best. ever. Yeah, it's so good. It, it's surpassed like... New York and Beverly Hills for me at this point. Oh my God. It, yeah. I've just been watching like Top Chef recently. <laughs> I've never gotten into Top Chef. Okay, really quickly. Top Chef is a great show. Really quickly. Speaking of Top Chef, the other surreal note about this episode and case and similar to oh. your, your snacks was um i'm sorry let's just take a minute to unpack the spread at the house there was sushi and lamb chops and deviled eggs all coordinated by the experience curator the experience curator oh that's that was one of my notes my notes said i want to be an experience coordinator there's so many ways to scam the rich like remember rob kardashian he had like his uh his like life mentor who would literally would just be like yo like if you love black china just tell her man just go tell her like ten thousand dollars friend like just get a friend (laughs) but that that was was incredible i also i really was noticing too i was noticing yeah number one what they were eating which was psycho like also thinking about the snacks they were eating earlier, like thinking about like, that day of eating for those women was like, I, I can't imagine. And we need also, the, we need the Ramona know. Singer moment with somebody running to the bathroom with IBS. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what is going on in their stomachs right now? It's just nothing it's, good. Yeah. See, that's, what, that's what we, that's why we don't need polished housewives. We need the housewives that are going to shit on the floor yeah well Ramona Singer it's like three or four seasons in a row I mean I'm just queen on the floor (laughs) on camera so yeah Ramona and Sonia always always having like synced up diarrhea (laughs) always at the same time vomits so you remember when Sonia throws up all over the car I love Sonia. When Leah, when Leah, when they're this last season, when they're in the Hamptons and 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 Ramona's eat drank like two bottles of rose and like eating like 24 oysters and is like stuck in the bathroom, and Leah's like, it's not great for your IPS. 
I mean, as a fellow IBS queen, um, I feel for Ramona, although I've never shit on the floor. <laughs> I mean, also the other thing is Ramona is like, essentially like 70 years old. <laughs> yeah. She's really old. <laughs> like, no losing kidding. control of her colon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she's drinking like two bottles of Pinot Grigio a day. <laughs> like, Honestly, a freaking legend. Oh my God. Right. Like, Botox on her butt to like tighten it all <laughs> Just for the listener, I want you to think about this. They were on the bus, they had Cheetos. Lifesaver mints, lollipops, buffalo. What did they have, Kason? Buffalo chips, whatever that means. <laughs> buffalo chips, which is so Utah. Yeah, Milano's. I feel like. Milano's. Um, and then they show up to uh, Vale and they ha- are greeted by a supposedly upscale spread of sushi, lamb chops, and deviled eggs. I'm sorry, fart central. Mary's going to be <laughs> farting a storm up, okay? That's disgusting. That's not luxurious. I also, another thing I noted noticed that was like a smaller detail, but they were eating on like incredibly small plates. Like yeah. they had all of these on individual, like tiny coaster size plates. Like and I was like, this, yeah, this is supposed to be a luxury experience. And you guys are like, yeah, eating one deviled egg on a coaster. <laughs> like, no, what that's is happening? That's why the food is so indicative, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's just like all they hear like sushi and they hear lamb chop and they're yeah, like, right. oh, that equals luxury. Like that's like what we, that's like the symbol. That's like the word, like the magic word of luxury. Yeah. And it doesn't go beyond that. It's just yeah. like full surface level. And then- during that strange, strange meal, they share. This was the best part of the episode. And this, this was, was the part they're sharing all their different stories about like the shady stuff Jen does. And you, and you, you, the, the fourth wall is being broken. You're like, oh shit, there's stuff going on. We have no idea. And I wrote in my notes, who gives a shit about the charges? I want gossip. Like, this is what I want. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. want about charges these. if not state sanctioned gossip. Yeah. Like, that was Too great. True. So, like, let's, so do you want to, does either you want to go through some of the things that were revealed or what was what would what caught your what caught your attention the most? Well, I mean, the first story was this clutch story, which we talked about a little bit, right? But I mean, I think I think the main takeaway for Meredith was so the issue was basically she gets all these calls from Jen trying to get into her store while she is name dropping that she's in New York for some reason. She like says it like three times it's in New York with my whole family. <laughs> we get it. So, but it ends up that the manager lets Jen and her few like employees into the store. She spends a few hundred bucks, but then they notice the clutch is gone and they confront Jen about the clutch. And then, um, basically within what you say, like 30 seconds, the person, like the person in her, in Jen's employment calls back the manager of the store and says like, oh yeah, I have it. I'm going to bring it in. And then we're shown the footage, which I thought was incredible. (laughs) The footage, I mean, like similarly to the ring cam footage, it was like, oh my God, like the, yeah, the surveillance here is incredible. And it's telling us this great story, (laughs) you know? Um, so, yeah, so somebody, so I, her employee shoplifted the purse and then got caught and brought it back. Yeah, basically. And I think employee who they have already been having like plot about because oh, it's, it's that person. Of, yeah. That's why the name is bleeped. The Iris and Bo person who was like posting the Iris and Bo stuff. 
And then yeah. who also posted the, the that- video who videotaped Jen yelling at them. Yes. Yeah. And then posted it to like YouTube. So it's the same person. Okay. This person is a hero. <laughs> yeah. Like they need to be on Housewives. That's yeah. When are we going to get their incredible. Um, But I feel like the main takeaway that Meredith was, Meredith was saying, right. was just like, it, it's crazy that Jen kept that this person in, in employment was basically her takeaway about the story. She was, yeah. kind of, she didn't even seem to really care that much about the clutch no right she just kind of was like why why is jen surrounding herself with kleptos basically right Right. (laughs) like okay this is definitely i probably shouldn't say this but i feel like jen probably the shot squad is probably full of like gay kleptomaniacs oh my god for sure (laughs) um um but uh yeah so that came out and that was strange and then the Uber thing was weird. Yeah. Well, so then we hear about the Louis Vuitton, the oh, yes. whatever, red flagged at Louis Vuitton, which <laughs> I, I thought, yeah, that's like an interesting note that she's paying in cash at Louis Vuitton and is like red flagged in the system. Yeah. Like, well, that's very... how you wash. That is how you wash money, according to Whitney. Yeah, through Louis Vuitton. <laughs> well, no, it's um, what Taylor did in season one and two of Beverly but Hills. Jude, that's what got Teresa right. Dice caught is paying for the sofa and so does that mean if they're like red flagged in the system does that mean like oh they won't accept their business anymore or it's just like keep an eye out for this person i don't know okay we don't know the inner workings of Louis Vuitton. <laughs> lisa being like that's way worse than the feds yeah <laughs> but that line felt so like ugh, like that's what you think you want us like for you to say or something you know it's kind of like Okay, what are you doing? Really heart of hearts, she's always gonna be a New York Jew. Right. Um, <laughs> like true. that's like that's so like my my mom and my grandma. You know? yeah. She's been <laughs> tweeting, she's been tweeting about being Jewish. Interesting. She's like being Jewish is an ethnicity and a religion. Being Mormon <laughs> is a choice. Well, no, oh, yeah, she always says that like Jewish by heritage, Mormon by choice, or something like that, right? Yeah interesting um, people are i think yeah, i think okay. some i think some sad jews are coming after her being like why did you convert to mormonism i know we want it we want you <laughs> want you back <laughs> i want her back join the tribe yeah. <laughs> um yeah so okay. red flagged at louis vuitton okay and then we have the uber story which was chilling the most chilling the most chilling yeah most so the story yeah. was that Jen and was hanging out with Heather and she got an Uber home and Heather called her the Uber and put her in the Uber and then saw that Jen got out of the Uber halfway through like at some intersection like a highway intersection dun, dun, dun. What like at 11 30 at night too like that's fucking middle creepy. of the night random intersection in the middle of Utah but yeah so then Lisa it seems like Lisa really knows she was meeting up with someone maybe it was Stu or a boyfriend or we don't know right that's kind of how it's I hope it's not some extra drama about like she's having an affair like I want to be Stu I want that I want that little fucker to get got I hate that little slimy man yeah yeah we need need thing that's going on with the Erica Jane shit Hmm, where she is like right where she was like oh yeah like I divorced him because he Mm -hmm. was having multiple affairs yeah. right 
And I think that like, if you go with the whole theory, not that I care that like Lisa Barlow, like was invested in Jen's business. I think that maybe she's like, oh yeah, I thought she was a bad person, but only because she was having an affair, not because of anything fishy. Right. Like I think that, right. But it's, but again, like with the whole, like, I'd rather be, I'd rather go to jail than like be blacklisted at Louis Vuitton you know, you get the tension between the social crime and like the and the federal crime, yeah. and you get that in uh, you get that in the Beverly Hills. Re- we we talked about this last week. Yeah. Get that in the Beverly Hills reunion, but like that's the that's the real thing. And like I think that, um, right, you, you th- there there's there's a difference. And all the women I think would rather commit the federal crime than the social crime but I think that the federal crime depending on what it is like really affects you in terms of like social suicide Mm -hmm. but at the same time like I think that a lot of the Beverly Hills housewives like prefer Erica over Sutton because like Sutton is like super cringe Mm -hmm. and Erica is like still kind of cool well it's like Kyle on Beverly Hills too saying like I'm there for you if you get a divorce or you lose your money it's questionable if I'm there for you if you commit a federal crime you know it's yeah Yeah. it's the same like I'll be your girlfriend through whatever all this other yeah social shit that happens but yeah when it comes to fraud that's where you know and I think that I think we're like seeing in real time the Salt Lake women come to that realization too of like yeah how how can I be there for my friend or can I um and Heather has been like yeah, what do you think on Watch What Happens Live being like, you know, she's my friend. I'm like, girl. No, I know. Criminal. Heather, well, Jenna yeah, obviously Heather. pays pays Heather a lot at the Botox station. Yeah. Yeah, like, but that's I where mean, she gets Jenna all her work calling, done. Jenna's calling Heather like Shrek and being so mean to her and right, like publicly, yeah, like on Instagram calling her out and shit. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, maybe I'm just a worst friend than Heather but I would be like good luck see ya <laughs> no Heather just like has a lot of issues yeah I you think know she has a lot of like confidence the, issues and like abandonment things I think too yeah yeah so like For that's sure. her she's very weak emotionally yeah yeah well I mean I mean I'm I'm very I feel like this episode left me like I feel like it was just like they just like dropped the bomb. Like I feel like and now then it was like chaos. Like I don't know what's gonna happen next, really. Yeah. Well, so the preview, the preview looked very interesting. Yeah, and we start to get into the Mary stuff. And yeah, I think I think the next episode, yeah, is gonna really show what the trajectory for at least the rest of the season is gonna be. Like how yeah. the tone of which like how we're going to handle the Jen situation, which I think is going to be much lighter than Erica and how that was handled. Yeah. Which is interesting because Jen's like actually committed crimes. Erica's not, you know, accused of committing any crimes. Right. Well, Jen, she is, she is, she is. But I think not legally even still like, right. I think she's being sued for things, but I don't think she's being, I don't think she's being accused oh, yeah. by like the court. She's not named in the lawsuit. Right, no. right, I mean, like, right. She's being sued because he's not giving him yeah. money. Like she's being taken. 
she being like, I guess she, yeah, I won't get like civil that. lawsuits. Like she gets like, she gets like 10 lawsuits, a civil loss. She people like 10 people sue her. Like people are suing her for all the money because do we need to get like, Kristen again to mansplain. No, we already mansplained it. We figured it out last time. Yeah, that means. Um, but, um, the, uh, I mean, I think Jen's going to sing like a little canary. I think she's going to, I think she knows she's going to go out and she's going to go out with a bang and she's going to like, she's going to be like, I didn't do it. What? I've worked so hard. Like the clip of her being like, I worked so hard for this, like to have this happen. It's like nothing happened. Nothing like no one's like, and then she's going to be like, I mean, honestly, it might be annoying. It might be honestly an annoying season because it might be like her being like, Meredith is out to get me. And it's like, bitch. You, you committed crimes like sure. right like she's just gonna be like redirecting our attention yeah. to yeah who ratted you out but yeah, gonna yeah go but that's though. why they're gonna, gonna go- that's why they need the the mary thing that's why like we, we're right. gonna get this other issue which that's is completely unresolved dark. i think it's way yeah darker. yeah i mean because really. she what she is what she has what mary has potentially done is yeah broadening like not even just like parishioners or whatever but people she knows like I don't know members right family members entire families of people yeah it just and I think I thought that too when we saw Mary reacting to the Jen news and her being like I couldn't sleep at night if I were doing something like this or you know that kind of I don't know which was so strange because we all kind of know what's coming for her or have an idea of what she's done but I think maybe because the people that she has defrauded are people that she knows. I think in her twisted brain, she thinks that she's like doing them a favor or I don't know. Well, she okay. thinks she's God. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think Mary's exactly. completely insane. Like, like she, yeah, she thinks she's helping them. She thinks she's, well, they yeah. think she thinks that she's convinced that they owe it to her. Yeah. Right, right. She thinks Which she's like Jen, like Jen at least, I mean, not in defense of Jen, obviously, but like the people she's defrauding are faceless to her, are, yeah. you know, personality less. So it's, yeah, harder for her probably to like have. Well, and also, I mean, yeah, Jen yes and no. Jen yes doesn't no. tout, but also Jen doesn't tout like, I mean, Mary's tagline, speaking of taglines, like, if you come for me, I will send Jesus after you. Like, sorry, that's really unchristian. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's also like not funny not witty <laughs> yeah it's like scary. no she's scary she's fucking scary and then and case and i talked about this the other when we were chatting on saturday we were talking about cameron who has passed oh my God. away yeah killed by <laughs> jesus reasons jesus Crazy. was sent after cameron or he killed himself because he was like in debt from her that's so crazy because I mean yeah in the scenes from next um for next week we see Lisa saying that one of her friends I don't think she says who but yeah one of her friends mortgaged their house and gave Mary three hundred thousand dollars dude who the fuck does that I'm sorry but like okay this is the other thing we're gonna get genre bending we can like wrap up soon but the genre thing too the other aspect of true crime that has latched onto all this is the true crime of like the pyramid scheme and the cult because you know we've had like the nexium doc we had that mm-hmm. lula rich doc which was so good um i loved that it was so good and like all of so that's like kind of that's kind of where these things are i think i i feel like are meeting a little bit is like they because lula rich was especially interesting to me because the personalities on that 
felt like housewife mm-hmm. personalities. Um, totally. Lula Rich was a documentary that um, was uh, on Amazon Prime. It's like four parts and it's about Lula Rowe, which was this like uh, pyramid scheme, uh, like Facebook mom group selling like cheap leggings and it was like you recruited people and like they basically made like a billion dollars in a year like it was like really crazy but they're like but they're mormons the people who started are these mormons and they're very phoebe i think i told you to watch this you should watch it it's really good um it's so good and i'm I'm only watching top chef these days so (laughs) um but it's like really really good and the, the personalities are very housewife adjacent um and I feel like that's the next, we're going to get that iteration with Mary. We're going to get the cult pyramid scheme mm-hmm. thing with her. Like we're getting a true crime, like criminal SWAT team thing with Jen. And I think with Mary, we're going to get this kind of like culty, dark Utah story from her. I mean, that's what's so crazy about these women going on this show. Like yeah. with Jen, Mary, these people that know that they're committing these crimes, allegedly or whatever like know that they're doing these things but yeah putting it all out there to basically give like you could just imagine the FBI like kicking back and watching an episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and like you know catching all of these I I don't know just like blatant crimes how do I get that job how do I get that job how do I be an housewife (laughs) division investigator yeah I mean it's not bad no, but yeah. that's why it's also so seamless. Like the footage from the what? What do you call it? The ring cam. The yeah, door you know, cam? those ring. Yeah, it's like those doorbells that are like. They're I mean, no, but I just didn't know what they were called. But it's just like called the ring cam. Yeah, that's yeah. why that footage fits in so seamlessly to the to the housewives footage. Because like mm-hmm. you see them setting up that the same type of surveillance camera, like literally the same type of camera that's used for like CCTV in the van. Like that's how these women are shot. I mean, yeah, even yeah. it's, this is stupid, but it's like, even the word shot, you know, they come with guns. It's yeah. like all, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it's the same type of language. And I think that it's like, there's a point when language becomes integrated into reality in like a physical way. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is just, so it's not like, you know, do you see what I'm trying to say? It's like, it's not like, oh, like it's a totally different style of footage that we're using the ring yes. cam for their house like it's actually very normal very seamless like we're very like aesthetically used to that type of shot right well mm-hmm. I was also going to say that 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 aesthetic and that filming language is very um has a real home in reality tv like in like big brother and like the real world like and like survivor like there's a lot and like even even parts of the bachelor like every reality show uses uses that kind of filming every once in a while they they, they well, it's a hyper surveillance yeah yeah. yeah. Do you have any final notes you want to leave us with, Kason? Um, I don't think so. I think I'm just, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really curious to see how the Jen stuff kind of settles in next week. And then, yeah, I'm really excited about the Mary stuff. And I hope we really start getting into that. Um, and at this point, I'm more interested in that. Yeah. I think, yeah, me too. I mean, we've gotten through, I think the most excitement that we'll have from Jen. And now I'm like, yes. Yeah. Give me, I'm like, I have the adrenaline. (laughs) I want more. I want, which is, yeah. Also maybe that's, um, they're reaching new heights and they're going to have to keep topping it and keep topping it. And 
for sure um that's a little a little scary but yeah how are they gonna follow this up I mean that's like that's an interesting question like how are they gonna are they gonna find more criminals well that's the thing that's interesting about um yeah this whole idea of like that reality and true crime have like merged together is that in order for that to happen you need to find people in real life that are committing crimes that are willing to go on television which evidently it's not that hard we've got a few of them you know but like it is contingent on yeah like just like incredible casting well we've seen the extent of surveillance like we've seen what it can do we've seen how the 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 surveillance that for years people have been like oh my god like real housewives it's like surveillance it's like cctv we've seen that it is exactly like that that's that's what it is and it can be used to like indict you for for crimes and we've seen that like wealth is a crime you Mm -hmm. know and we've we've seen all of it it's all come true all the prophecies have come true we know all the archetypes and i think it's actually interesting that we're going to get concurrently real housewives of dubai which is going to be like the richest housewives in history and like real housewives of Nashville, which is going to be like the most middle, middle American housewives in, in history. We're really headed towards more of like, and like the, what's it called? Like image of the spectacle or theory of the spectacle or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that it's like, you get the, you get the, like the Baudrillardian and understanding of the spectacle from like both ends of the spectrum. Like you get the hyper rich and you got the hyper median yeah or average yeah to me it all reminds me of in like I think the third to last episode of Vanderpump Rules I was gonna bring up Vanderpump yeah where well that I don't maybe you were gonna bring up this moment where the the guy I'm forgetting his name now because I'm really bad with names Randall's friend who's playing poker with all of them he's the guy who was on yeah Jesse Metcalf he was on Desperate Housewives, mm-hmm. which was the uh, the basis of Real Housewives. And then he was on as himself, Jesse Metcalf and Vanderpump Rules, with his, which is an offshoot of Real Housewives. Yeah. Full circle. You know? Yeah. So yeah. They- well, Kason, thank you for joining us. We're going to have to have you back on for like the reunions or something. I think there's oh probably going to be another four part reunion for this. Oh, Same. my God. The- I four four is too much, but I'll, I mean <laughs> I'm here for it. But four is a lot. A month, a month. Yeah, a, a month. month of my life. Yeah, <laughs> it's just something about that is like really just a lot. Doesn't sit right. Yeah, no, it really <laughs> yeah, doesn't. Well, thank you for joining us and for your notes and your observations. Yeah, I you love. So I think you could have an illustrious career as a divisional detective and the housewives department of the fbi <laughs> you got those yeah, details you got those a, snack yeah. names down i had to watch multiple times every <laughs> rewinding. i gotta i had to get my facts straight for the pod you know exactly well yes thank you for joining us um, thank you so much this is so fun yeah and well yeah oh, definitely man. have to this is gonna and it's on, again once again where it's an ongoing conversation ongoing always Um, Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Money can't buy your class. Money can't buy your class. Elegance is love.